Spoilers ahead. Spoilers ahead. Hello, governors. Chim Chimini, Chim Chimini, Chim Chim and Spritel. Hello again, and welcome to another smashing episode of Max Mike Movies. Another wizard entry in our series in theaters now. Where Mike I want and... the real Max back. <laughs> no, no, hush, hush you. Where Mike and I have a bit of a natter about what's currently in the cinema right now. This week, you're we're... sending away our listeners. We are on about <laughs> Mary Poppins Returns, the sequel to Mary Poppins, coming out a mere fifty-four years after the original. That's a record, you know. Lashings of ginger beer for everyone. I'm your spiffing host, Max Spencer Smith 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 Levine. And I'm the Regal Beagle. <laughs> <laughs> Me name is Mike Loose. If you don't like it, shove it. <laughs> yeah, that was obviously colourful rhyming slang. Were it. <laughs> yes, this is Max Mike Movies, where you can see us on our website, MaxMikeMovies.com. We're also on the social media that all the kids are at Twitter about. See what Ooh. I did there? Uh, we're, we're on Twitter. Uh, you can find us at Plort Max Mike Movies. Plort being the correct way. Ah, there you go. I was going to pray tell, what does the Plort mean? <laughs> it's the correct way to pronounce the at sign. Uh-huh. Uh, we also have Max Mike Movies, the Facebook page. And you can email us directly at us. That's literally us at maxmikemovies.com. But whence comes the Max Mike Movies serial? <laughs> Very soon. <laughs> with the special secret decoder ring. Ooh. You can figure out all the dirty things that we're actually saying during oh the my, show. It is filthy. Filthy, yes. filthy, filthy. The FCC would be all over us if they... If, so, you know what? Forget the decoder rings. That'll just get us in trouble. Yeah. We'll be down in Guantanamo Bay in no time. Hey, so I didn't understand a word you said. What movie are we talking about? <laughs> oh, you bloody colonials. Uh, <laughs> we are going to be talking about Mary Poppins Returns. Oh. The, yes. Oh, the, did did, did oh, I see that? Oh, yeah, I, that's right, I did. You better. <laughs> or what? <laughs> or you no lashings of ginger beer for you, just lashings. Wizard. <laughs> so, the plot. The show. Ooh. Not that it really matters. I mean, come on, it's Mary Friggin' Poppins. Of course it matters. Yeah. Stuff happens right. in order and things. Yeah. The film takes place some years after the original Mary Poppins. Does uh, it? Call it about 25 years. As Jane and Michael Banks are now adults, with Michael a widower with three young children, and Jane a budding labor organizer. Just like in the books. <laughs> <laughs> the setting is during the Great Slump which is England's classy way of referring to the Great Depression. This, by the way, is way more faithful to the books because the Julie Andrews Mary Poppins takes place in the late 19th century. You know, we see the suffragette movement that Mrs. Banks is a part of. And Mary Poppins Returns takes place in the 1930s, which is when the actual P.L. Travers books are set. Michael's life is falling apart. He can't seem to deal with the loss of his wife, and that's forced his children to act as de facto adults. Money is tight, and they are about to lose the family home to Snidely Whiplash. Sorry, to a banker. The bank, the very bank where, ironically, Michael has taken a part-time job. This is the same bank that his father worked at. No, Dudley, don't do right. Do wrong. <laughs> 
Things look bleak until a certain magical nanny appears at the end of a kite string. Allegedly, the, the same kite from the first movie to remind Michael and Jane of the wonders of their childhood and to teach a new generation of Banks what is truly important in life. Zany adventures and wacky hijinks ensue, <laughs> with songs aplenty, cameos galore, and Lin-Manuel Miranda as Jack the Lamplighter, nephew of Bert the Chimney Sweep. Of course. And a very special cameo near the end. Yeah, the um, the resemblance between Lin-Manuel Miranda and Dick Van Dyke is uncanny. Well, they're both skinny. There. Yes, and they're both... B- they Brit- both have dark hair. One of them does a better British accent than the other. Yeah, yeah. Give, give Lin-Manuel Miranda credit. He does a much more credible accent. And yet... <laughs> anyway, yeah. uh, is that, are M- we done with the plot? That that is the that is the plot. I do want to mention some of the of the cast. Mary Poppins is played by Emily Blunt, and actually we'll get into that a little later because a lot of the fun is like who these people are. So there's a lot of English acting royalty in this movie. Ooh, royalty! Mm. But there are some trivialities to discuss. There are. There are. First of all, a a, a mistake they made in the movie. What? Yes. Um, when, practically perfect in every way. Nope, nope, sorry. When Admiral Boom and Binnacle salute Mary and the children in the bath fantasy scene, they give the British Army salute rather than the British Navy salute. Ruined the movie completely. Don't! <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, I, I, I then forget I, it. I, you know, the show's over, folks. Show's so that's up. ruined for me, too. Yep. Yep. Childhood ruined. Um, uh, uh, Max, yes? we, have, uh, we have 50 more minutes to fill. I can say childhood ruined sixteen hundred times. Uh, you know, childhood it has ruined, been episodes. It has been episodes and episodes since I fired you. <laughs> I haven't missed it a bit. Uh, Julie Andrews actually turned down a proposed cameo appearance as the balloon lady, uh, she fearing it would be too distracting. Okay. Julie said, "This is Emily's show, and I really want it to be Emily's show." Uh, besides, I have to go be a squid in Aquaman. <laughs> yes, she clearly had a much more important cinematic uh, uh, conquest bloop, to make. Bloop, 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 <laughs> Wait, no, those are the guys from the Herculoids. Yeah, uh, so for our opinions on Aquaman, see last week's episode. Yeah, yeah, and uh, wear your asbestos underwear. Uh-huh. Yeah, huh? Yeah. Uh, ironically, the balloon lady part goes to one of the great celebrity cameos in this, which is Angela Lansbury, who was considered for the role of the original Mary Poppins before Julie Andrews. Gee, I can't picture Mary Poppins, like, making meat pies out of people. That would be just kind of, yeah. It'd be kind of close to the character. What? I mean, nothing. You haven't <laughs> read the book. Mary Poppins does not make meat pies out of people. Of course she doesn't. Uh, <clears throat> <laughs> we saw two very different films. <laughs> Uh, it was Ro- the director Rob Marshall's intention right from the beginning to use hand-drawn animation for the film's animation scenes. Oh, are we going to get to that? This was due to his love for hand-drawn animation and also to pay homage to the first film. The Disney execs, on the other hand, really wanted it to have computer animation, which pissed off Marshall no end. He fought very hard to convince them, and in the end, uh, th- they gave in. And by the way, that I- this is the first use of hand-drawn animation from Disney, studi- Disney Animation Studios since Winnie the Pooh in 2011. Yeah... We're going to get to that. We'll come back. Oh, dear. It's an important point. Okay. Some of the animators, by the way, they got 70 of them, some of whom were retired. They brought them back and spent 16 months doing the animated sequences. 
Okay. Welcome back to it. Mm-hmm. Um, Don't get me started. <laughs> uh, one of the other cameos. It's much. You know. It basically, if they hadn't, if I hadn't read about this, I wouldn't have known about it. None of most of the others, like Glynis Johns, who was Mrs. Bank. She's retired. She's ninety-five. She couldn't really do it. Fellow played Mr. Banks is dead. Matthew Garber, the actor who played Michael Banks, also dead at age twenty-one. Oh dear. Yeah, he died of uh, pancreatitis. Yikes. Yeah. Uh, however, Karen Dotrice, who played Jane Banks, does have a cameo in the film. She's listed as elegant woman. She uh, Early on, when Admiral Boom sets off his, uh, his cannon, an elegantly dressed woman almost bumps into Jack. That's her. Oh, because I thought that was going to be a plot point, and she never comes back. It's like, nope. oh, is this 719? It's like, no, 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 that's right next. Oh, thank you. And she yep, goes. That was her. And I kept thinking, oh, that's going to be like the benefactor or something. There's going to be a plot involved here. And no. Nope, nope. <laughs> huh. Uh, one of the characters that comes also comes back is Ellen the Maid, is played in this this time by Julie Walters, best, probably best known to most of our audience as Mrs. Weasley from the Harry Potter movies. I couldn't quite place her. Thank you. Mm. Okay. Also, she apparently, most of her career has been confused with Julie Andrews. People really? come running up to her and say, oh, Miss Andrews. She's even gone on so far as to sign Julie Andrews' name in <laughs> autograph just to keep from embarrassing people who were so excited to meet Julie Andrews. Doesn't she at any point just turn to them and go, not my daughter, you bitch! I'm and that takes sure care of the whole thing, right? not. Oh, pity. That's <laughs> See, a direct quote from yeah, Harry Potter. That is. That's uh, why I can say it. This is one of the little treats, uh, the visual treats. I didn't notice this, but apparently at the end of the film, when Jack rides away on his bike, for a split second, you see the original chalk painting from the first movie that Mary Poppins, Michael, and Jane jump into is on the ground behind his bike. Uh, the picture, by the way, is dedicated to the late American actor Anton Yelchin. Oh, Chekhov. Yes. The new Ensign Chekhov. Ah, I see the connection. No, wait, yeah, I don't. I don't either. Okay, but didn't he die like two years ago? Yeah, well, this movie start, has been in development hell for quite a long time. I'm surprised they just didn't dedicate it to Stan Lee like everybody else. <laughs> oh, one interesting bit of casting uh, potential, apparently, was uh, Kate Blanchett was going to play Mary Poppins. Can she sing? I don't know. But can (laughs) you imagine what a different kind of Mary Poppins she would make? I would just keep waiting for her to, like, suddenly turn into the Dark Queen from Lord of the Rings, you know? I mean... Huh. Mm. Anything else? Uh, This is the first Mary Poppins movie to be rated PG. Why was it rated PG? I think the scene, the animated scene with the chase was a little too scary. Nobody swore. There were no, no boobs. Come I'm, on. I don't know. I, I don't know. Huh. But I do want to talk about the cast. Okay, the cast. Yeah. Is, it, is this part of trivia or? No, this is this is we're actually talking about the film now. So we're done with trivia. We and are we're done, done with, with trivia. Yep. So now mm-hmm. we can talk about the movie. Yep. The Lowdown. So Mary Poppins is played by Emily Blunt, who I think does a smashing job. I think she looks the part. I think she carries it off. And in some ways, she's a little truer to the character than uh, Julie Andrews was. In that, you know, she is complete. She denies everything whenever the kids say, we just did this fantastic thing. And Mary Poppins goes, no, what are you talking about? You're quite mad. 
Is uh, that a book thing or? No, yeah, it's in the book. That she always, yeah, in the book, Mary Poppins always denies anything unusual happened, and then there's always one little sort of hint, actual piece of evidence, like there is in this, that it actually did. We'll get to that. Huh. Uh, Michael Banks, by the way, who I spent the whole movie going, who is that guy? I know that. It's Ben Wishaw, and he's done a bunch of stuff, but the main thing I know him from, he was Q in the last couple of James Bond movies. Huh. <laughs> yes. Jane Banks, okay. Jane Banks is Emily Mortimer, who's done about 9,000 movies. Now, we talked about Julie Walters. Admiral Boom is David Warner. What a great... Oh, I knew he was in there, and I couldn't pick him out. Yep. So Because I saw his name in the credits. Like, oh, really? How did they drag him into this? Okay. And uh, Cousin Topsy, or Topsy Turvy, is yeah. Meryl Streep. <laughs> Who was obviously having the best time of oh, her career. She was she was having so much fun in her role, and even that even the little joke of where you know where your accent's unusual. Where's it from? It's a long story. What she is doing in that scene is the Polish accent she used in Sophie's Choice. Oh my God! Yeah. Wow. So it's funny because Meryl Streep always used to be to me that cold woman actress that does cold women so well this is we're talking back in the 80s and the 90s she just seemed sort of unapproachable and distant and over her career she's a great actress Mm. but over her career she's shown more and more her side of humor and it's really delightful Mm. um god i sound like some some sort of movie critic <laughs> um no seriously it's like when i see her do stuff like this you know it's like she's just over the top nuts and it's fun and as soon as i saw the characters like oh there she is because again i saw her name in the credit but it's like what's she doing is she gonna be a poodle or is she a penguin what's she this time and the answer is yes she is um and with very thick accent which of course does not bear any kind of uh, real examination uh, oh, that's why it's dedicated to Anton Yelchin, because they used his accent. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> uh, He's dead, uh, but his accent lives on. There is also... Uh, did you ever read the books? No, 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 no. Oh, I read I read like the first four. I didn't... There, I think there were, I read four. There are like seven of Mary Poppins' books. I okay. didn't know that. I only We only had four. Those were the only ones I knew of. Maybe she hadn't written them yet. I don't know. There are a lot of little nods to other Mary Poppins stories in the movie. Oh, like Topsy Turvy is a character from one of the stories. So is in the music hall scene. They're doing the song "The Book" and its cover. Mm-hmm. Uh, they mention Nellie Rubina. That's another character from the stories. So is the balloon lady. So is the dirty rascal. I thought huh. that, I really liked that. I thought, oh, that's that's nice. That's a little nod. Wow, somebody in the Disney read a book. That's yes, nice. yes, <laughs> surprising. Um, <laughs> Yeah, the well, other stuff. Go ahead, because there's, there's, there's numbers of things to talk about. Yeah, there are. Uh, what did you, well? What, what did you want to talk about? So, not what you thought of the film, but going in, what did you expect? I had no idea, honestly. I Me there either. were there were things I was really afraid of. I right. was afraid they were going to give Mary Poppins a backstory. I was. Af- <laughs> 
Yeah, I thought we were going to find out, you know, no, she's actually like, I don't know, an assistant professor at Hogwarts or... Oh, and this is her delusional weekend or, or she's something. Or she's an alien or a time traveler. Oh, just like we did for, um, well, the who was the bad guy? Uh, the Grinch. It's like, oh, you know, we yes. needed a tragic or, backstory. Of... Or that she was from planet Zeist. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I can definitely see your worry there. I was um, Or oh, I... Real quick, in the trivia, before we go away from the the, uh, yeah. the, the characters and stuff, the actors, um, did we actually get Dick Van Dyke or just his head? Oh, we Do got you know? Dick. Yes, I looked this up. He actually, they offered Dick Van Dyke four different ways to do the dance sequence, yeah. and he took the hardest one. He actually did it? He did the dance. And in fact, this is this I love. Dick Van Dyke is 93. Oh my but he God. Look, he looks so much younger, they had to age him with the makeup. Wow. Yes. Now, so the original Mary Poppins, and I know I, I cut you off on, no, on something, okay. but the original Mary Poppins, he actually fought to play the two roles because mm-hmm. he plays the old man banker character in the original yep. film. Mr. Mr. Dawes, yep. And they didn't want him to. They're like, no, 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 we're going to get a real, no, 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 I want to play this. And he got his own old age makeup and said, see, I can do it. And they Disney finally said, fine, 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 you can do the stupid part. <laughs> and he got to do it. So now he's reprising his role and they still have him in a, in makeup. Yep. And I was I was sitting there looking because it's like I knew Dick Van Dyke's in his 90s. It's like there is no way he's dancing. So I'm sitting there looking to see that weird disconnect between the head and the body like in the Weird Al video um, where he does the, um, the, the Lady Gaga. Oh, yeah, yeah. And it's really a woman dancer and it's just Weird Al's head on top. And every once in a while the head and the body don't quite work. I kept looking for that. It's like, wow, they did a great job. I can't tell. Nope. It was really him. Apparently. Some of the more athletic ones I think they used to stand in. But Christ. when he's dancing on the desk, that's him. Wow. And by the way, yeah, that was the that's the big cameo surprise that we've now given away. And if you look in the credits, he's not listed as Dick Van Dyke. He's listed Rich, as Nav- Richard Van Lesbian. No, La- <laughs> Navkid Cade, which is an anagram of Dick Van Dyke. Ah, okay. Mm-hmm. Huh. So they really Dang. wanted to keep it a secret. So you weren't, you didn't know what to expect either. No, I didn't. I was also afraid. Oh God, they're going to make it like dark and gritty, and everyone's going to have daddy issues, and or I don't it's know. It's going to be Tim Burtonish. Or- yeah, or Barry Poppins is going to go cyberpunk or steampunk. <laughs> I don't. I now, did, I have to admit, none of the previews gave that impression at all. No, no, I suppose, but I, I didn't know what to expect. Okay, uh, I, I'm, I'm in the same boat with you there because, mm-hmm. of course, the original Mary Poppins, regardless of the books, the original Mary Poppins movie came from an era that is long gone. Yeah, it had an um, innocence that I didn't think they could recreate, and no. the original Mary Poppins that is, that movie is iconic. Yes, that movie is not is it is as close to perfect. It is practically perfect in every way. <laughs> I mean, there are no. This is one of the only musicals, the only musicals, and the only other one I can ever think of is My Fair Lady, where there are no bad songs from the original movie. Yeah, yes. You come out of that movie and you are humming yep. one of many songs. There really aren't any bad ones. In I, there. there are songs in there that make me cry because yes. they're sad. Like, let's go fly a kite and feed the birds, dear oh. God. When they started playing oh. little bits of that in this movie, I'm like, please don't reprise that. I don't want to cry in the movies. Because, um, yep. you know, I'm a man and we don't we cry. Don't, we don't do that. We, we occasionally shed one manly tear. That's only when we kill another guy. That's right. (laughs) Or when we have to walk away from the one we love to save them. 
Right. Yeah. I love you, man. I love you, man. <laughs> right. So Mary Poppins. Right. Here oh, we yeah. are. Right. Two totally tough guys talking yeah. about Grunt. Mary Poppins. <laughs> um, visually, mm-hmm. I thought that they did a very good job of recreating the original movie. Now, mm-hmm. I can't go on to say how much I think it looks like London because I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd just say it's, it is as clean a version of, of old London as was the original film. Yeah. Um, but I thought that the, the looks, uh, they did very well. And let's get to the animation part that I was okay. uh, alluding to earlier. Yeah. God, did that part make me sad. Why? And a little angry. What? Because it was freaking beautiful. And Disney oh. proved they can still do 2D animation as well as they did yes. back in the 60s. And it was literally like, oh, here's some animation. You know, just just watch this. It didn't feel like... And I can see now what you told me about the producers going, we don't want to do that. <laughs> it felt very much like it was th- a throwaway. Mm-hmm. Not that it was badly done in any way, shape, or form, but you didn't see any of that really in the previews. They didn't allude to it. They weren't, like, celebrating it. There are a couple... And, in, the, in a couple of the previews, they do show the penguins, which is you know, a callback to the first movie. Which is fine, mm-hmm. except that... That makes it feel like, oh, we're just going to recreate the first movie with different songs or something. Mm. And the animation is honestly wonderful. It is smooth. It is stylish. There's some nifty characters in there. Mm-hmm. Um, it leads up to a very um, interesting musical number. Perhaps that's the reason why they got the PG rating, because there's kind of some racy lyrics. I that's mean, true. They actually do a... Mu- they- have, they go to a musical and they're doing what is effectively authentic musical, slightly ribald songs. Yeah. Which, yeah. by the way, I think was the, my favorite song in the in the movie. We'll get to the songs later. Yeah, we're gonna have to. But yeah. there's this animation, and it's and folks, in case you had wondered, I'm still not going through puberty again. I haven't got my voice back. But yes, he is, and he still has to ask his manager. I'll have to ask my manager. Um, <laughs> I just was looking, going, you can still do this. Mm. Please do this. People want to see it. I know you're like, 3D's the only way to make animation today. That's my (laughs) impersonation of a Disney uh, executive. Flawless. It's it's very flawless. You should do what I say because I know everything. Okay, wait. Now you're Um, sounding like a kind of higher-pitched Sean Connery. (laughs) I'm not a higher-pitched Sean Connery. (laughs) Uh, Cuckoo. Uh... I might be, too. No, seriously, I was just like, oh, why isn't there more of this? The animation is amazing. I I come at it from a different direction. I was just like, a me likey animation. I, <laughs> I didn't think of it. You know, you, you who know way more than I do about the history of animation and animation in general, I, I can see how you would have seen that. Because it is, it's gorgeous. And it looks effortless. It does. I know it, is. I know it isn't. It took 16 no. months, but... Well, and they dragged these poor guys out of retirement because mm. they basically had to go, um, yeah, we don't, uh, we, don't, <laughs> we don't know how to do this anymore. Uh, and we threw away all the stuff. Could you... Um, what are these funny you... sheets of uh, plastic you want us to write on? Uh, Those are cells, boy. Sit down. Well, to be fair, they probably... It was probably... I'm guessing, I don't know, I didn't mm. look into this, but it's probably still drawn on a computer. Oh, okay, yeah. And still, hand, you know, computer colored, But not necessarily rendered, or, yeah, it's obviously not no, done wireframe, no. no 3D. No, mm-hmm. and it's just like, oh, because I, I, mm. I, there are still things you can't do as well 
in 3D, and I don't mean 3D like glasses. I mean, you know, the the yeah. CG animation. Yep. There's things you can't do as well mm. in that that you can still do very well and effectively and, and flowingly and lovingly in 2D animation. It was not something they should have thrown away, but they did. They literally threw it away. Mm. And they closed their Florida studio. They took all the old uh, animation desks. I think they act, they might have sold them, but they oh, basically wow. literally just got rid of everything. They just said, they we're not doing this. Mm. Because they threw out, what was the movie that they, oh, it was Princess and the Frog. They were like, we're going to show you that Nobody wants to see 2D animation. Uh, make that frog movie. And I don't honestly believe that they paid as much attention and care with Princess and the Frog as they did with like Tangled mm-hmm. and the other movies that were coming out around it. And when Princess and the Frog didn't do well, they said, see, 2D, nobody wants to see it. So we're done. And they just got rid of it. Which is a shame because Prince and the Frog, whatever else, looks wonderful. It does. And the I would say the animation in this actually looks even better. Hmm. But I... <sighs> When we talked about Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse, one of the one of the things they did was they went in and put 2D lines on the characters to make it look more more like a comic book, and it worked great. Mm-hmm. One of the other things they did was they said, you know, do we have to build all the backgrounds, all the cities in 3D? Can we just do painted backgrounds? And the answer was yes, <laughs> yeah. and they did, and it worked. So, uh, so yeah, that's my little rant on the animation from Mary Poppins. Okay. But, hey, so about the cast, what what about this Lin Manuel Miranda? Um. I liked him. I thought he was so happy and he looked so joyful and I thought he really captured the same spirit. I thought he was a nice fill-in for the Dick Van Dyke character. He threw me. What do you mean? Well, so I didn't pay attention to that much to the credits when they came up. And mm-hmm. I saw, oh, Lin-Manuel Miranda. So I, of course, assumed he had something to do with writing the songs. Nope. And then it was like, nope, he's just here to sing and dance. It's mm-hmm. like, well, that's an odd choice i mean yes he does do that but it's not what he's most known for he's most known for writing and scoring and singing and dancing yeah he apparently offered to write some of the songs they said no we want you to focus on the character huh yeah the music is all done by a guy named mark shaman well there's there's two there's a lyricist and a he's 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 the lyricist mark shaman uh you you know him even if you don't know that you know him Oh, Mark, yeah, me, he and I go way back. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> now, Mark Shaman, he, he was famous. He was the musical director for Saturday Night Live. He's done movies. Uh, he also, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry, but bringing up anything with Saturday Night Live is he, not necessarily a good thing. He was on Saturday Night Live a long time ago when it was funny. Uh, that long did, ago. He wrote the uh, Triassic period. I'm not sure. <laughs> Hey, you're the one who still watches it in hope. Someday it'll be funny again. No, it won't. Allow me my illusions. No, it won't. It will. It will. No, no, Betty. Yes, it will. I can't hear you. We hated Baggins. We hate him forever. Uh, All right, what else do we know him from? uh, He did uh, the the lyrics for South Park the movie. He also wrote the lyrics for Hairspray. And he has done many many awards shows he's done the oscars ah. he's done the tonys ah. the emmys he's ah. been he, he has been a fixture in in hollywood for a long time all right i'll go out and i will say since we're, we're talking about the music because mm-hmm. we knew we were going to yeah i thought the lyrics in general were pretty cool yeah the music on the other hand yeah i'm afraid i'm right there with you Honestly, i didn't dislike i can't it. remember any of the, <laughs> of the melodies None I swear to God, them. I can remember some of the lyrics. I cannot remember a single melody. It, no. None of them stuck in my head. No. 
and, and they were fun while they some of them yeah. were fun while they were going on but i came out and what was i humming a spoonful of sugar <laughs> you know and it's like uh you know i would not super califragilistic but yeah. it's like you know or let's go fly a kite yeah. or feed the birds I, you know, and I, I honestly don't know what it is. I am not a musician. I don't play anything that really. Um, I can't tell you what makes a song catchy or fun or good or bad. And the songs weren't bad, but they were not the strongest part of this film. Mm-hmm. No, they weren't. I, I agree with that. I'm afraid I agree with that completely. They were they were entertaining to watch. I thought the choreography was terrific. Yep. That, that little dance hall number where yeah. she puts on her little U- Uma Thurber wig. Uh, uh, <laughs> yep, Oprah? Yep. U- Uma? Uma. Oprah? Uma. Um, Uma. Uma, right. Uma? Uh, Oprah. Mm. I was actually, at first it's like, uh, that's kind of, that wig itself is kind of mm. risque for Mary Poppins. What's mm. going on here? But, uh, you know, it's all good fun, you know, yeah. uh, elbow, elbow, wrist, wrist, wrist. <laughs> um, and the little bit where he gets to kind of rap a little sort of as much as they'd let him a little was fun. Yeah. And I kind of liked the, uh, trip the light. Fantastic song. I liked the idea. I don't remember. I I, I, fair trip. The like fantastic is such an, a kind of an overused phrase that mm -hmm. I didn't like as much, but, um, I liked the way they bracketed the film with his song about the London sky. Although, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um, at that period of time, yeah. um, I don't think the London sky was all that bright. No, or that <laughs> lovely. It was pretty much black. Yeah, kind of, kind of coalish. But I like the fact that they bracketed the yeah. the film that way. That was that, a, that was a nice device. I like. Um, I, hmm? I assume that was Emily Blunt singing. Yes, she actually has a really nice singing voice. Did great. Yep. Of course, you know Miranda. You know whatever. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's what he does. So he was fine. Um, I liked Angela Lansbury's Balloon Lady song. Yeah. Um, I don't remember I was, the melody, but I remember enjoying it. <laughs> I was also trying to figure. I was like, what was she in the original film? Why is she here? <laughs> and I was like, I kept thinking, thinking. You know, I don't think she was in the original film. She but was not. But you she can tell when been. she showed up, it was supposed to be that point where somebody just, bef- as soon as we see her, somebody comes off screen and goes, ladies and gentlemen, Angela Lansbury, and we all clap, you <laughs> know, because she's, you know, been around for a musical theater forever. And, and she- of course, she caused all those murders in Cabot Cove. Um, <laughs> and she is phenomenally talented. Yes, yeah, she is. And um, here, this is one of those six degrees of separation. She was in the movie The Court Jester, the Danny Kaye movie, with right. Linus Was jo- that the flagon with the dragon or yep, the vessel with the pestle? That, one of those, yes. Oh, okay. Late, late is also the chalice from the palace. Um, <gasps> right. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> Thud. <laughs> Captain. <laughs> Angela Lansbury was in that, as was Glynis Johns, who played uh, Mrs. Banks. Oh. Yeah. She was the Lady Jean. She was the, the rebel, the uh, female rebel who helped out uh, Danny Kaye. Uh, did she make meat pies? Not that anyone noticed. Ah, okay. So the meat pies are safe. Yes. <laughs> uh, it, just, it was just weird because I was like, I, 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 it's nice to see Angela Lansbury, but it felt like she was supposed to be there because she'd been in the film like Dick Van Dyke. Mm. Um, so that was just a little weird. Um, I do have one question, and this mm. was sort of a big plotty thing that bothered me. Okay. What happened to the bowl? Uh... The Royal Dalton Bowl. Yeah, um, I, we we she they left Here? it with Topsy. We assume she right. fixed it. 
I know, but it's like they make this big deal out of the bowl. Yeah. They break the bowl. They go into the bowl. Mm-hmm. They go into a, a big scene of singing and the animation in the bowl. Yep. There's a big scary part in the bowl. They come out of the bowl. Um, spoiler, spoiler, spoiler. Yeah. Um, and then they make a big deal of going into town to meet uh, Mary Poppins' cousin mm-hmm. to get the bowl fixed. Even then, then, of course, they say, oh, by the way, it's yeah. not worth anything. Um, and then they're like, well, you need to fix this still because it'll still be worth something. And they leave and they never come well, back. Because it's she says like, it'll oh, take yeah, like bowl. a week. Oops. But uh, they realize it's not. I, it's they like realize that whole... the bowl is not won't be valuable enough. It's not enough to save the house. I know, but they spent this big chunk of plot on it, and then it just goes away. Yeah, didn't bother me. That's that happened uh, in the original too. I mean, there were things that just happened. Then Van, there was, no, no, there was bowl. no bowl, but there are things that just sort of happen and then have no effect on the plot. Like the like entire what? trip into the chalk painting. But there wasn't I mean, like that, that, that wasn't even plot. That was just like yeah, a song. That's pretty much what this was, and it, at. But it wasn't because they were focused on this whole bowl being this important memory mm-hmm. of the mother and going to Topsy and getting her powers changed so she could fix it only to go, okay, bye. And I guess there the plot point was her powers don't change. It's her perspective does. She learns to change her perspective and that's what's supposed to happen to them. <laughs> I guess it just would have been nice if they had actually just quite honestly fixed the damn bowl <laughs> and sent them home with it. I don't see why they didn't. It was just weird. It kept feeling like... We're going to come back to this, right? Uh, no, I bowl? figured it was Glow? just showing that they realized the bowl wasn't the thing to focus on. The bowl wasn't their mother. Their mother was... I mean, that's one of the... The point of at least one of the songs that I can't remember was that... Get back in bowl. <laughs> back in bowl. Get back fix, in bowl. Fix bowl. Back in bowl. Fix bowl. Back in bowl. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Reference to the Lily Tomlin, Steve Martin movie, All of Me. Go see it. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, that didn't bother me at all. It it just like okay, they realize they were obsessing with the bowl, and they realized that was not where their focus should be. I'm gonna go out and say that there would have been no reason for them not to just fix it and send them away with it, and it would have completed everything. Topsy Turvy would have shown that she'd had her perspective changed, and we wouldn't have to be thinking well, about the, the writer bowl. should have talked to you, shouldn't they? That's right. And if you want to talk to me, you may email me at us at maxmatchmovies right. that Disney. Mm. Right, Disney, Mr. <laughs> Disney. Um, I shake my fist at you and get off my lawn. So, uh, right. Uh, other points. Uh, there was something. Oh, so what did you think about? Oh, so there's going to be spoilers, mm. folks. If yeah. you haven't seen there's this, been you a want bunch to. already. And here's yes. one right now. So, what did you think about the whole Tuppence thing? That actually really bothered me. That really <laughs> bothered me. The part part of the plot is. Like I say, they're trying to get money to save their house. And the two things, the thing they're focused on is, and this this also was a plot point that I thought they could have explained just an eensy bit more, one line. Because Mr., the late Mr. Banks worked at the bank, he had shares in the bank. And if they right. had shares in the bank, that apparently for some reason would save their home. Well, I think it makes them royalty and they get to vote against them taking away their home or something. I don't, I don't think that's how it works. And in fact, there's no, it's like he might have had two shares. What would that mean? <laughs> it, it well, might have just been symbolic. But the well, implication is, but what co- turns out is that tuppence that Michael <laughs> gave to his dad, that his dad realized, oh, putting it in the bank was silly and we should spend it to fix your kite, that he actually put it in the bank and over comp- and with compound interest over 25 years or so 
It became enough money to save the house. I'm. They must be paying a lot of interest. <laughs> All the money tuppence, in the world. On tuppence. <laughs> Two cents. Yeah. And of course, you know, that's not even counting the fact that it's, you know, old pence, not new pence. Yeah. yeah maybe some, in the maybe, 70s. Maybe they sold the coins to a collector or something. <laughs> that's... <laughs> but that the, wouldn't have happened. Regardless. So, so, so did you... Yeah, the mess. I'm, so, I'm sorry. The message, the entire message, is reversed. It's like, oh, Michael should have stopped being such a whiny little bitch and put his money <laughs> in the bank and and known about it. It's like, Negating the first film. Yeah. It's like that. That was like, okay, you didn't have to do that. You yeah. could have just said, oh, look, here's the stock shares. We're saved. No. And Michael, you were wrong. <laughs> So when the stock share MacGuffin is yeah. first shown and not in its in the form that we're expecting, did you suddenly go, "Aha! The stock share certificate." Yes, when Me the kid too. took out took out a yeah, they're they're hunting through all the papers and they're taking them out to put in the rubbish, and Georgie, the youngest, pulls out a ra- a random piece of paper with a picture drawn on the back. And just for a second, when he picks it up, you can see that the back of the paper has this official-looking uh, border on it. And right then, it's like, up, oh, that's it. He's now, got I didn't see the border, him. but when he's like, I need a piece of paper to patch me kite. And uh, it's like, uh, but that would be fair. Then he starts cutting it up. And I'm yeah. like, oh, maybe it wasn't. But uh, yeah, yeah, I wondered I, about that. But yeah, I, I knew it. I, I figured it had to be. It's just too much of the, you know, Chekhov gun in the drawer thing. Now... I, the whole Tuppence thing is, yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. I do like the scene where basically Dick Van Dyke wanders into the film and says, Be gone, foul beast. And, you know, he just <laughs> yeah. dismisses the guy who's taking yeah. over the bank. Deus um, Ex Van Dyke. Yeah. <laughs> yes, Which, who, by the way, the guy who play, who takes who's taken over the bank is played by Colin Firth. And uh, that was another sort of odd thing about the movie. The original didn't have a villain. There was no real villain. There was just some sort of attitudes. I mean, the people in the bank are unpleasant, but they're not trying to hurt anyone. And now we have a bad guy who is both a bad guy in the real world and an animated bad guy. Grip hook, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, he's the voice of the wolf who's to try, who tries to kidnap Georgie and steal the furniture from the nursery. <laughs> like, ah, yes, priceless children's furniture. <laughs> Mine, oh mine! <laughs> I'm and a couple of shots. I know he's supposed. To, I think he's supposed to be a wolf, but he looked an awful lot like Professor Radigan from the Great Mouse Detective. <laughs> well, he's not a rat; he's a mouse. Yeah, don't get that wrong. He gets pissed off. All right. Um. Yeah. I guess I liked it, and I liked. I mean, the Tuppence thing was like, what, huh? Because yeah. all they had to do was. Like, so they didn't, the Tuppence thing could have been left out and they could, you know, oh, we're missing this one piece. One of the kids, any of the kids, I don't care which one could have said, oh, wait a minute. I had a piece of paper. Are we using to wipe me nose and pull it out? And it's the one with all the signatures on it. And it would have been fine. So, or Mary Poppins could have gone, oh, here it is. Yeah. Or, you know, you know, takes a little wand out and goes, fling, it's fixed. Um, I yeah, it was kind of weird because you know it's like that, that was a strange point. It Nan- didn't ruin things, but no, it was just odd. It was it, the yeah. writing was 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 uneven there. I will say, it was yeah. it was just meant to do the nanner nanner boo boo scene to the the Mister Bad Banker guy. Um, 
who doesn't really i mean yes he gets fired but i i actually sort of like the fact he shows up in the last scene and goes sure i'll, I'll take a i'd like a <laughs> he balloon. chooses the lead balloon yeah and it goes thump <laughs> so and even when that happens he's not like ah er, grr, i'll get you banks next time i actually would have preferred it if he had no. Because he just he's just sort of like you can't tell like did he have any kind of realization? Did he have a thought? Does he need to use the bathroom? I really his expression told me nothing. And I actually liked him being the oh, Mr. Banks, I'm going to try and help you any way I can and then they leave the room and he's like wringing his hands and doing his emperor palpatine, you know, and it's like that's that's more a little bit more yeah. I don't know, comedic, it's a little bit yeah. more cartoony and fun. Um but just to have him in the end going Ah, wrong balloon. Well, hmm. <laughs> yeah, he was not a very satisfying villain. He started no. out interesting because, like you say, there's always the, the ones who are charming are always the more fun. Yeah, but yeah, I, I think he, he was not one of the strong points of the movie. No, uh, obviously the singing was done well. I even right. like there was one point where they actually let the kids sing, and the kids mm -hmm. did fine. Yeah. You know, they're not going to win awards, but they're, they're, I mean, I don't know how old Georgie was, but he looked like he was about seven. Um, Actually, and, he, he was, his front teeth were coming in uh -huh. and they fell out like right at the beginning of filming <laughs> and they he had to wear prosthetics <laughs> during <laughs> the filming. Kid. Yeah. And I was sitting there, you know, at one point when my mind was wandering a little bit, I was looking at these little kids going, look at their expressions. These kids look happy and yeah. filming is not fun. And no. half the time they're fitted with harnesses and they're being swung around <laughs> on a on the end of a pole and having to do all this stuff. And it's you know probably not comfortable. And the kids are doing a great job. They're having yeah. fun, or at least they're they're giving us the idea they're having fun. When they look scared, they look scared. I hope it mm -hmm. wasn't like a Hitchcock moment where it's like, I think I will chain you to the camera. <laughs> so... Yes. Now it, the water in the shower will be replaced with ice water, but I will not tell you. Ah, ah, ah. For those who don't know, apparently Hitchcock was a total bastard when he was oh filming. Oh my God, the stories about him are legendary. He was, he used to play horrible practical jokes on people. He would, he was, well, you know, he's the director who was credited with saying actors are cattle. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Anyway, well, yes. was it, wasn't he the one who said, uh, who was the, um, sorry, the big star uh, Bergman, uh, Ingrid Bergman, yeah. uh, Ingrid Bergman, so beautiful, so stupid. I'm pretty sure uh, that was him. It sound even if it wasn't, it could easily have been. Yeah. So, yeah. Mm. Mm -mm. Um, <laughs> yeah, the kids, I thought, did a, a, yeah. a very good job. Little Georgie kind of steals the show. He is um, very cute and also very just winning. He's you know? the one who really goes for it. Like the mm -hmm. the, old, the kids, the his brother and sister are a little older. They're more responsible. And Georgie's all about. I'm a kid. I'm doing stuff. I'm running on the grass when I'm not supposed to. I'm gonna go over here. Oh look, a balloon! You know, and he just runs <laughs> off. Um, I, my votes for Georgie. Uh, he's gonna be growing up to be the most fun. Sadly, he's probably gonna grow up to be an artist like his father. Mm. Um, which also there's another thing too. It's hey, you saved the house. What, what do you do again? All oh, right, part time at the bank. And what do you do the rest of the time? You don't sell paintings okay yeah. well that, that that strikes a, a little chord with me but um <laughs> i did read some some articles or read some reviews that were a bit of a backlash and they're like oh right. joy we get to watch a bunch of poor people help these tough nosed british upper crust people keep their house hooray oh they weren't upper crust they were certainly middle class but well they weren't, the they house weren't... was they had a servant <laughs> Yeah, but you got to remember something, especially if you start from the turn of the century. 
people who didn't have a lot of money also had servants because the servants would work for, hi, can I have a place to live and some food? Now, it looks like these were a little bit better off. Although, a little bit. where he yeah, was these... paying the cook, I'll never know. Yeah. No, no, they, uh, yeah, they were obviously middle class to upper middle class. Yeah. Well, I mean, I thought it was a reasonable thing to say, but all when all mm. the day's done, uh, I don't really think that, that Michael Banks and his children were really living that high on the hog. No, so, no, probably not. Although it's nice to know that the, the entire cadre of lamplighters are always there to sing and dance their way into your hearts. <laughs> I thought that was a nice touch that they, you know, instead of chimney sweeps, they had the lamplighters. I thought that was kind of interesting. Well, I, just, I, the, I did like them as a group, but, you know, you still, it's like, um, I bet they're probably a little bit more hard bitten than that. Probably. Although <laughs> should that, have been that, swearing. That leery stuff, the, yeah. the, the, the rhyming slang, that's, a, a, it's like the Scottish version of Cockney rhyming slang. Oh, I didn't know there was so, one. Oh, yeah. Apparently it's real. Oh. Hmm. Uh, I didn't know that the lamplighters were Scottish either. Well, apparently they all are. They just all came to London. It's well known. That's okay, because none it, of them had a Scottish accent. I read it somewhere. I read it somewhere. Don't dispute me. <laughs> I constantly dispute you. You are so disputable. Yeah. Um, one thing I will say that did bug the crap out of me. What? Is when I saw people looking over and say, Big Ben has gone out. Big Ben is the bell. It's not the clock. Yeah, well. <laughs> Any British know. person knows this. Yes, but this was for us ignorant Americans. And uh, At first they were saying, oh, Big Ben didn't chime. And it's like, good, that's what you're supposed to say. Uh, the clock is just the clock of the Houses of Parliament. It is not, mm. the clock is not Big Ben. It's the bell. Yeah. It's a tradition in England. The bells are the things that get named. Right. Otherwise mm -hmm. it's just the big clock. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was, I was talking to a coworker today and they were like, so were you pissed off when the lamplighters do their whole thing where they get their ladders and they go up there and they, you know, jump on the thing to make Mario leap up and grab the <laughs> whatever. And then they are like, well, wait, now how do we turn this back? I don't know how. And Mary Poppins basically goes, oh, you ninnies and floats up there and does everything. <laughs> I waited for somebody of the lamplighters to just look at their giant pile of ladders, their dangerous, precarious barrel full of monkeys thing that they did and go, oh, crap. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, there's a certain amount of well, geez, Mary, if you if you're basically God, why didn't you do this earlier? Couldn't you have snapped your fingers? Why why were we racing across town? Uh, that, hmm. that was actually that was something I liked about uh, Emily Blunt's Mary Poppins versus Julie Andrews. There's none of the sentimentality that they had with Julie Andrews. You know, at the end where her umbrella tells her, "Yo, you love those children." You know, there's she never says that in the books. She is very hard bitten. She's very much very strict and she's not sentimental at all and she's just very you know matter of fact get things done she is the epitome of the english nanny you know it's, you know no no emotion shall ever crack this face well you know i could see that i don't know that i for the movie and i didn't mm. see that did you see that movie which was uh the movie that supposedly took place between disney and the writer and him oh, saving saving Mr. Ba Mr. Banks. Yes, that piece of that piece of science fiction. Oh dear. Okay, never mind. Uh, <laughs> no, isn't Tom no, Hanks no. playing that Disney in there? Yeah. Yes, yeah. he is. Mm -hmm. And I mean, that is, as they say, really Disneyfying history. What a surprise. Yeah, because uh, the the truth was, and I, I actually I was reading about this. She didn't like the movie at all. She, in fact. Real, she hated the fact that there was animation in it, uh -huh. and she hated that she didn't like the music. 
And they were try they had been trying to make a sequel for like 20 years based on they wanted to do more and she said absolutely not. In fact, uh, she, she allowed a stage play to be done of, uh, of one of the books, which was uh, done in 2004 very successfully. However, she actually stipulated that Disney, nobody who had anything to do with the movie, especially the Sherman brothers, who wrote the music and the, and the lyrics, would have, be allowed to have anything to do with the play. Hmm. And it was very successful, apparently, in 2004. And because it was so successful, Disney was sort of started negotiations with the Travers estate. But this is one of the reasons it took so long to create a sequel. Travers hmm. refused. And we're still and waiting it, for the sequel to Buckaroo Banzai, too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. P.L. Travers wouldn't allow that either. <laughs> And who can blame her? Because mm. wherever you go, there you are. There you are. Mm. Um, so before we get to the the uh, showdown thing, mm. uh, one of the questions I want to ask is, uh, what was the lesson you think that Mary Poppins was trying to teach the kids? Well, I, part of it was they were uh, they were trying to grow up too fast because you know, Dad was kind of being useless. Yeah, and. Uh, she was trying to remind them of the wonder of childhood. She was trying to remind them that fantastic things can happen. She was trying to show them the world of imagination and creativity. Because someday and, soon you're going to be a dire adult and you'll have no color in your life, so you might as well enjoy it while you can. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, I didn't say it was a nice message. <laughs> okay, because I was kind of like, it's not, you know, we're not learning to be diligent. We're not learning to... I don't know, speak the truth. We're not any of these things. What we're learning is, hey, bubble baths can lead to all sorts of weird, trippy animation and stuff. Well, you know, as I said with uh, Cousin Topsy, they learned the idea about looking at a problem from a different angle and changing your perspective. Yes, but as I pointed out, they don't solve anything. They just assume no. next week it'll be solved. Yeah, um, yeah. And, you know, hey, if you break something, it's okay, because if you look hard enough at it, you'll have an acid trip and everything will be fine. <laughs> Yeah, yeah that, I, I I found that her 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 being there was definitely helpful. It felt like she had enough power in the beginning of the film to say, "Snap my fingers, the house is yours forever." Yeah, but that's not what she's there for. She's I not know. there to make things easy. And and again, as it was, especially as P.L. Travers argued in the first movie, she wasn't there to help the children. She was there to help the father. And right. in the first movie, she helps him realize what's important: not money, not his job. It's his family. And it, in this one, that sort of happens too. I mean, he still is, he's clearly much more devoted to them. But I think he gets the idea that he needs to pull his head out of his buttocks. <laughs> and, you know, it's fine that he's grieving his wife, but his children are the ones pointing out to him that, yes, mom is dead, but she's still with us. And he's learning that lesson. And he has to, you know, stop wallowing in misery and try to get on with things. I, um, uh... I don't know about you, but I actually don't. I'm not that uh, optimistic about Michael Banks. Well, yeah, you have to wonder. I, I, I bet he's not like the bank's best employee either. No, and you know we do, and sadly we don't really get to see, see the one drawing. But otherwise, we don't get to see his artwork, which is I think yeah. a shame because we don't see what his potential is. Maybe he drew on literally uh, a lot of that stuff he went through Mary Poppins with, and he's been using that to make these wonderful things Maybe. but we don't we don't even get to see that so you know that. he no, talks I about always, his art but it's in the it's I in figure, the attic i figure that jane is the one who's going to be the big big success she She'll was so cute 
She'll become a corrupt union leader, work with the mob, and uh, end up rich. <laughs> she was sorry, so sorry, perky. that is not labor unions are not all corrupt. They aren't all run by the mob. That you don't you labor unions. You know you've had bad points in your history. Let's not kid ourselves. You better watch out for the magia. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I liked her. She was so yeah. upbeat and perky. Yeah, and not she's so perky. Kill her. So. <laughs> Um, I, I, I have to admit, I've always had a thing for Emily Mortimer because those eyes are amazing. They didn't focus on it as much, but she has these huge, limpid eyes. It's ama- they're just gorgeous. Mr. Limpid Eyes? Um, I, I thought it was an interesting touch also that the romance, the potential very chaste romance is between <laughs> between her and uh, and Jack or, you know, the Burt stand-in as opposed yeah. to Mary Poppins. Well, I am also wondering because it's obvious that Jack has got something going on like he doesn't have the power to do stuff but he still has the ability to recognize whatever it is mary poppins can see yeah he and, remembers is the yeah. thing as he says i'll remember mary poppins and you believe him yeah and it's also like we're all going to go into the bowl and i'm not surprised yeah and i'm fine with this about her and we're going to put on a show in front of these cartoon animals because that's what we do so yeah. his kids with jane are going to be really interesting. <laughs> that I would like to see in a sequel. Well, yeah, probably not. Because <laughs> um, we don't know exactly... I mean, if she's some sort of weird magical being, I don't mm-hmm. think Jack's that far away. Jack's at least yeah. been there. Yeah, like, he, like he vacations least... in fairy or something. <laughs> he's, he's magic adjacent, yeah. Yeah, so I don't know. I, I, I liked her. She was fun. But... Yeah. We are getting to that point where she, because, you know, this is one of the few times, actually the only time in this series where Mm -hmm. I think people may not know whether we're going to suggest this film be seen or not. Mm. So uh, why don't we get to that point where we suggest whether this film should be seen or not. The Roundup. Okay, well, I'm hosting. So, Mike, did you like this movie? Do you think people should see it? So here's the thing. The film, they, they put it out at Christmas. Mm-hmm. Don't think that was necessarily a bad idea. Yeah. And the reason I think that it was not necessarily a bad idea is if you are stuck in retail in Christmas, such as I have been for the past 35 years, <laughs> oh, and, or if you, and or if you have kids and you're running around and you're tired and you're feeling like slush, it is so hard to go to do something like see a movie where something's just nice. And this movie... It's nice. Is it perfect? No. Is it nearly perfect in every way? No. The songs, we don't remember them. The lyrics are decent. I I couldn't quote any right off the top of my head. But there are points in the film that's like, yes, I think the Don't Judge a Book by its cover song is fun. The Topsy Turvy song is fun. With that accent, I can't remember a single thing she said. (laughs) Um, I liked the London Sky bookend song. That was nice. There's some good visuals. The animation, oh my God, I just got mm. upset. There are no dark parts like where it's like, well, you know, my mom was killed and I grew up in an orphanage and that's why I'm Mary Poppins. You know, there's none <laughs> of that crap. Mm. So it's nice. Mm-hmm. Do I think it's a great movie? No. Is it a worthy successor? I, I mean, dear, why don't you try and make a sequel to, uh, I don't know, uh, Gone with Sit- the Wind? Yeah. Citizen Kane, right? Yeah. It's you know, it's all about the sled maker. Oops. Citizen um, Kane two, Rosebud's Revenge. Yeah, you know, you're really taking on a Herculean task. 
you know? Mm. And those are some of the catchiest songs out of the 60s that weren't, like, rock and roll or anything. I mean, people still know those songs, and they yeah. still sing them. And it's like, man, you are not making it easy on yourself. So, mm. I mean, you know, hats off to them for trying. I know it's not an A-list film for me. Um, good performances. Uh, Emily Blunt, I, I agree. Great Mary Poppins. Wonderful singing. Lin-Manuel Miranda. Again, I kept waiting for, like, you know, Hamilton to pop out <laughs> of or something. He's fine. The I kids are good. I am giving away my lamp. <laughs> Excuse me. The kids are fine. They do a good job. Uh, it's nice to see Dick Van Dyke. The fact that he's actually dancing amazes the crap out of me. <laughs> So, yeah, if you want a film that's just nice, where you're not going to have to worry about some some horrible twist or, or you know, Charles Dickensian, um, I, I am a waif in the streets trying to sell used coal. If you're, if you're hoping for none of that, take your family to see it. It's nice. Max? Yeah, it is. It is a very nice, it's a good family movie. I would yeah. recommend it. I, as you say, it is not a great movie. It is no. not a, on par with the first, but... There's no way it could have been. No. What I really liked is it has it. It pays honor to the tone. It it duplicates the tone of the first one really well. Yeah. It feels like that. It has that same innocence. It has that sweetness. But it also it doesn't it has, feel. Hmm? It doesn't feel handcuffed by it though. Yeah, and it it has darker elements. My God, the kid's mother is dead. Right. Within the last year, that's very sad. But they don't overplay it i think it's it's handled very well the performances are top notch i don't i think everyone in it is really good i think the lyrics are really good i think the melodies are mediocre yeah that's kind of unfortunate because that's really the heart of the original and i thought it would be the heart of this but you know the animation was fun i think it's a lot of fun i think it's a good movie i don't think it's a great movie and it is absolutely something to take kids to yeah, you know, I, I hope they have the attention for it because nothing yeah. blows up. Um, there's no people in, in underpants on their on the outside of their clothes. Um, none of that sort of thing. Well, Admiral Boom opens fire on London, apparently hourly. <laughs> I want to know how he gets away with that. He's firing a damn cannon off his roof every hour. Yeah, and you know, of course he did that in the first film too. But, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, there's some story problems. Uh, Max didn't care about the ball. I did. It felt weird. Um, there's some things that could have been a little smoother, but it's just nice. And it's so rare to see a film that is really trying to depict innocence, never mind continue with it throughout the film, that if you're just looking for something nice, yeah, I'd say go. It's yeah. nice. It's yeah. nice. So, mm. I think, if I'm not mistaken, yeah. and I usually am, mm -hmm. that we've come to the end of another series of Max mm -hmm. Mike Movies. Yes, you are very much mistaken. This is the end. Ah. We fin we're finishing up in theaters now. Next week, we will start a brand new series based uh, on, oh, this weird little board game or something. I think it's, uh, isn't it uh, pencils? And... Was it a video game? I, I don't uh, Okay, mm. basically, we are going in search of Dungeons and Dragons. And Mike someday and I, we will find it. <laughs> yeah, Mike and I are lifetime gamers. That's how we met. And we, have, we were wondering, are there any movies that capture the spirit of a D&D &D game? Right. What's it like to be in one and enjoy yeah. one? To be an adventurer, to, be, to, to, to go on daring, to do daring do's, to buckle swashes and so forth. And steal from everyone. And so we're, we've found a bunch of movies that, are, that we think 
either are or are not uh, good examples of Dungeons and Dragons. And some of them are good examples and some of them are less good. <laughs> now, you, some of you listening, uh, one or two of you out there, may have figured out when we'd eventually be releasing these because we've alluded to them here and there. <laughs> yes, the truth of the matter is, is we actually recorded these before this series. Mike, so, you're ruining the magic. <laughs> what magic? Yeah. Uh, the magic. <laughs> Thank you, Doug Henning. Um, mm. So these were actually recorded and they were meant to show up after the previous series, which was Hidden Gems. So if we occasionally talk about things that, hey, so what, that happened six months ago, now you'll know why. Yep. But, yeah. But we hope you enjoy it anyway. And we yeah. hope you enjoyed this series. And I'll have to say that it's a pretty clear winner for, not that we're doing any kind of winning or losing, the clear winner of uh, In Theaters Now was Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Yeah, that was the best thing we saw. Loved it. <laughs> loved and, it, loved it, loved it. Uh, I think the clear loser... Boy, it's a toughie. So who do you yeah. think was worse, Robin Hood or Aquaman? Oh, brother. I got to say Robin Hood, honestly. Really? Uh, Aquaman at least had, you know, yes. had a, oh my yes. God, that's Julie, that's Julie Andrews. <laughs> that wow. Moment. Okay. So Aquaman isn't as bad as Robin Hood because Julie Andrews plays a squid. Yes. <laughs> Julie Andrews pulls it that a notch ahead of Robin Hood. Wow. And because quite honestly... Um, what they do to Robin Hood is embarrassing. What they do to Aquaman well, is pretty much what Aquaman deserves. I'm sorry. <laughs> Aquaman kind of was embarrassing. Oh, yeah, call my yeah. fishy friends. You know, I'm going to say for money spent, I'm going to go with Aquaman because they spent more money on it and they okay. couldn't pull anything out of. Yeah. And neither film had Zangief's ass. So it did. we did not. <laughs> and if you notice, they did not they neither tossed nor stacked no, in either they movie. They should listen to us. And so yep. you should listen to us as well. So pick us up next week here on this yep. very same station. I am still Mike Luce. I remain Max Levine despite all best efforts. And both of us are still haunting your cinema. Yep. Good night. Bye. Max Mike Movies is a co-production of The Voice of Max and The Movie Wrench. Excuse me, okay. I just got the hiccups, god damn it. All right, we're going to pause for station identification. I'll have to ed edit this part out because we can't keep recording like this. Hold on a sec. No, 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 no. no.